I'd like to share with you the gospel reading appointed for this weekend from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well, and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flock drink from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming. And is now here when the true worshipers will worship Father and Spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship God is Spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. And just then his disciples came and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? And then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. And she said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to him.
This is the gospel of the Lord. So I just want to prepare and share a few comments that I thought as I was reading this beautiful scripture. This is the scripture known as the woman at the well. And there's been a lot of um, commentary about this scripture. Many of you know it, maybe heard it for the first time, but it is a, it is a very um, discussed and studied scripture because there is so much in it. It's so beautiful. The woman at the well. She goes to her friends in the village and she says, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? He told me everything I have ever done. I just wonder, have you encountered someone in your life who, who looks you in the eye and you feel as if they can see right into your soul? Have you ever experienced that with someone who their eyes are like deep wells of water, of pools that are really deep, and they look at you and you see their eyes and they're, they're beautiful and deep, and you feel as if they know you somehow. Maybe that they're, they're looking into your soul. And that's what I'm imagining that this woman, this Samaritan woman, felt when she started talking with Jesus. And he began to reveal to her that he was the one that provided the living water. So the context here is that she was a Samaritan. So when we ask the question, who is my neighbor? Back then, the Jews would not have said that the Samaritans were their neighbor, even though they had the land where Jacob, their, their forefather, had his well and his people and his family but they considered the Samaritans outsiders, people on the other side, on the other side of the border, they were foreigners and Jews and Samaritans were not supposed to interact. So here he is in broad daylight interacting with this woman that really was not socially acceptable, was not acceptable in their culture uh, and in their own religion. So it already was, a pretty miraculous thing that this was happening, this story. So what I find so fascinating about the story is that he knew he was having this conversation with her and yet he didn't know her, but he knew everything about her. He could tell her about her life. He could tell her that she'd been married five times and that the man that she was with now was not her husband. So that right there is totally miraculous that he actually knew these things about her without having to have a conversation. And in that time, and perhaps even today, maybe not so much today, if someone had been married five times and then now they were living with someone that wasn't their spouse, people might judge them. Right? Definitely they did judge them then, but now maybe still. So that in itself, it's like, why, did, why would he be talking to this woman? Right? That's what his disciples were thinking. Why is he talking to this woman? They don't know anything about her, but she obviously has a past. And so some people might judge and say she's a sinner, even though that judgment clouds our own hearts, if, if we were to make that kind of a judgment. But Jesus, 
it didn't seem to matter to him that she had this cast. He just said this to her, like, I know this is about, I know this about you. But what he didn't say was, and I'm still talking with you in broad daylight. And not only that, I'm asking you to help me, even though I'm not even supposed to be talking with you. I'm asking you to help me. But he went even further than that because he told her, if you ask me for water, I'd give you the real water. I'd give you new life, living water. And then, um, so he, he's acknowledging her as this person. And he goes on to tell her, I am the one that you're waiting for. I am the Messiah. So he shares this truth that he doesn't tell anyone back in his homeland except his inner circle. He tells her something that is part of his inner circle truth. The people that were studying with him, that were sitting at his feet, that were following him, they knew. But all the other people around Jerusalem, around the Sea of Galilee area, you know, he didn't go pronounce that he was the Messiah. He didn't pronounce that to, to anyone in public. Yet he told her. So he makes her an absolutely special woman in this story of his life. He proclaimed his divinity to her. And by doing so, he gave her such acceptance, such love. Like, this is a woman who, she had a past. She had a life, probably a lot of pain in there. We don't know if she's widowed or, we don't know, but a lot of pain in her life. And yet he just included her right there in his song. So there was a lot of acceptance and a deep, deep knowing. And so my reflection on that for us to ponder is that we all want to know. Like every one of us wants to be known. And wherever we are in our life, we hope that we find someone that will know us so well and love us and accept us that much. And maybe it is a spouse, a best friend, a partner, someone in our life. That's what we want. We want someone to love us that much and accept us. And what Jesus gave her was this incredible gift. He just opened up his heart to her. So no matter what her past was, what her pains were, the good, the bad, the ugly, no matter what, he encountered her and engaged her and accepted her and embraced her. And I feel like that is something for all of us to take in, that we can allow Jesus to know us like that too. We don't have to hide anything. So in Jungian psychology, if we try to hide parts of ourselves, we call it the shadow. We don't have to hide the shadow. He already, he already knew the shadow for her. So he actually knows that about us too. So we don't have to hide. We don't have to hide any part of us that, that, that we don't really want the world to see. He's okay with it. And he accepts us just as we are. And the truth is, even if we don't show him, he already knows it. So the invitation here is to let him see you. Let him see deep into your heart. 
Let him see the good, the bad, the light part and the dark part, all of it. Let him see all of you. And he's going to love you through it all and accept you just as you are. He loves you. And he will tell you everything about who he is. He'll show that and reveal that to us too. If we stay in relationship with him. It's a beautiful invitation, but he loves you.